Hello, welcome to my podcast series, Level Up, a production which focuses on education matters within the Commonwealth of Dominica. In this series, I will focus on issues of equity, diversity, and inclusion within the Dominican classroom. So, a teacher, a school's administrator, a parent, a student even. This series is just for you. When we hear the words equity, diversity and inclusion, we tend to, to exclude Dominica. And this is understandable, seeing that we have universal access to early, primary, secondary, and even tertiary education to some extent, seeing that the government now pays tuition, all tuition fees for students at the state's college. Anyway, we will explore these definitions further to get a broader understanding of the scheme of things. Equity. Equity refers to equal opportunities for all. This means that by virtue of the fact that someone is human, qualifies him or her to access opportunities and services that would improve his or her standard of living. In other words, equity means fair access or it's a giving everybody his or her share of the pie. Diversity. Diversity refers to the differences within a particular setting. So in any one population or in one setting, you will find differences in age. You have some persons are young, some persons are middle age, and some persons are elderly. There are differences in gender. You have male, you have female. Also, differences in sexual orientation. Some persons are heterosexual, some persons are bisexual, some persons are gay, some persons are lesbians, some persons are transgenders, and other persons are queer. There are also differences in nationality, as in Dominica, you know, Dominican context. We have Dominicans, we also have Chinese and Spanish persons from the Dominican Republic, and or Haitians from the island of Haiti. So these are diversity, different persons, different background, different political perspectives, different religious views. Inclusion. Inclusion is the attempt to include people from diverse backgrounds. So whatever we have in Dominica, we have to ensure that we do it in such a way that everyone fits in. Everyone feels welcome. So when we go to the National Bank on the Bayfront and we use the rum, they have the rum there so that persons with the wheelchair 
can access it so they do not feel left out they feel included so we're talking about inclusion Ah, we're going to now discuss equity issues in Dominica. I was raised that we do have equity issues in Dominica. The chief being access to the internet on devices. That is just one. As everyone knows, as of September 2021, all schooling in Dominica have been online via the Google Classroom. But are all our students online? And if so, what factors impede our students from attending the online classes? And at this point, I know everybody's going to say they don't have device, they do not have device. Yes, this is true. There are issues of connectivity and there are also issues of device. So in other words, access is a major issue for online learning venture in Dominica. Access in terms of connectivity as well as access through suitable devices. According to the stats from the flow, 25% of our Dominican public are without internet service. This means that learners within these homes cannot effectively follow classes. This is why some students have to be receiving packages and then right away you are seeing the disparity, the disadvantage because whereas some persons are getting complete tuition online, others have to be getting something that is watered down via the printed packages and in certain cases when they bring home these packages, there is no one to actually assist them. So right away, we are saying there that it's probably inequity. But we have cases where even whereby the government in, intervened by providing a broadband service of, a, of three US dollars per month, some persons are still not able to afford this service. But we also have some learners who have the internet service but they do not have an appropriate device to access the Google Classroom. This means they have the internet connection at home, they have Wi-Fi at home, but they do not have a device, a, a, a tablet, sorry, or a laptop. Therefore, they have to resort to a cell phone. And in these cases, using the cell phone to access the Google Classroom to do a Google Meet is very challenging. Sometimes you have to leave the cell phones, you have to charge, the cell phones get hot, and um, furthermore, the cell phone is limited in terms of the functioning where as far as Google Meet and the Google Classrooms are concerned. There are a number of things that the students cannot do through the cell phone. So it is a, a challenge whereas equity is concerned because if a child is on the laptop, the child may, most likely, the child may be able to remain 
on the laptop for an, for an extended period to his or her home comfortably so, unlike the child who has a phone. Let us, for instance, try to imagine a child trying to type a five-paragraph essay on a cell phone. Can you imagine the level of frustration this child has to encounter? Well, we have another category of learners. They have the internet, connectivity, they have devices, either by means of a laptop or a tablet, and yet they do not access the platform. Why? We all know why. We all know the issue. Because they have no parental support. No one to push them. You went online today. You did your homework. What did you do? Nobody checks. Go to the classroom and see whether they have assignments to turn in. Remember, children have the children. And they light them free up. So if nobody cares, nobody is concerned then it's okay if mommy comes home from work and she doesn't ask me any question about school she sees me outside hanging out with my friends and she all she says was hi and she goes inside and when we go inside no conversation about school then i figure it's okay then the child figures it's okay not to be online and this lack of parental support or engagement it isn't a problem just for the online learning. It's a serious problem for face-to-face -face as well. And as we can see, this parental involvement is a major contributor to the student's success. Let us reflect back on the past CXC awards and the top CXC performance. Let us look back at the schools from which they came. We all know which are the top performing schools, but more so, not just the schools. The students, generally speaking, have the same domestic narrative. Their parents show concern. They attend PTAs, they attend teacher conferences, they collect term reports. So generally speaking, they participate in the life of the school. On the contrary, the majority of learners who underperform share similar circumstances. It's not that they are all from low socioeconomic backgrounds, but generally speaking, their parents are either absent physically or emotionally. So what we have are cases where the parents show very little interest in the students. But we're not saying that they are not interested but we're saying based on the data that we have, based on the anecdotal evidence, based on the raw evidence that we have, there's little interest. 
or the disparity in parental inclusion. Accounts for issues of inequity among learners because if some persons have their parents involved, they ask questions, they send them to extra classes, and the others, whether or not I go to school, mommy doesn't care. Whether or not I go to school, I do my homework, mommy, does, mommy doesn't care. So you have a certain imbalance. There is a certain of imbalance. So you have one child is disadvantaged for no fault for no fault of his. No, this child is disadvantaged. So it means, as educators, as teachers, we have to try to bridge the gap. How? You can go to the parents' home, okay? Because it's COVID, understandable. When they call PTA meetings, they don't show up. Fine. But what else can we do? For the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, advises that in order to address the equity, schools should strengthen the links between the home and the school. You hear what the organization say? We have to know if we say they don't come to us, that means that we have to go to them. And yeah, how? We're doing that easy, 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 easy. We have WhatsApp, we have technology. And now we're going to use the technology to bring these parents to us. Okay? We're going to use the WhatsApp. Yes, the same WhatsApp that everybody checks morning, noon, and night. We're going to use WhatsApp. You want to know why? Because WhatsApp is widely used. Everybody has WhatsApp. Even children have WhatsApp. It is accessible. No long story to go to WhatsApp. It is non-intimidating. So this parent can use their informal language. Because that is what most persons use in WhatsApp anyway. So it isn't as formal as an email. It is mobile on the go. You can send a, a WhatsApp message to a parent while he is on the job. A parent, I'm not telling you to leave the person's job and go check your phone, you know. But you can check your WhatsApp message at lunchtime. Me send a message. How comes Johnny wasn't in school today? Haven't seen Johnny for three days. Is Johnny sick? Yes, the use of WhatsApp is quite instrumental in reaching parents with no show or no show. You're bringing them in. And how do we do that? You can use the WhatsApp as both a group or individual communication. Within the group setting, the parents may experience a sense of community acceptance, belonging. In other words, it'd be nice. My child teacher add me to a group. And it's it's normal. It's natural. It's a need as a matter of fact to feel belonged. Now when you include the parents to that group, 
You know what you're doing? You may just be helping to address that psychological issue, which is the very reason that he or she is not reaching out in the first place. They don't have to, they don't feel that level of confidence to come to a school meeting. This thing's not for me. It is for Mr. So and So. But when you make that group and include them, you just they say, eh, 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 eh. Now within the group settings, you're going to send information, but you're going to be purposeful about that information. You're going to send information that is pertinent, but also you're going to send information that catches the eye, things that they're going to read. You're going to send, once in a while, not every time, you send a little COVID update. Not to alarm anybody. No, no, no. The green cases go up. Children, be careful, mommy. Be careful. Mommy studies. Remember to keep them children inside. Remember to tell them to wear their mask. So you're showing concern. You could also send information from the Ministry of Education. Information about the Education Trust Fund. That many parents do not even know about. Let them know that the trust fund can help pay their school fees, help them meet the cost of the CXC, which so many of them have to scratch their head to find that CXC fees. You have to inform them, you have to educate them, because remember, education is power. Now teachers may also, you may also use a group calls with small groups of parents and this can serve as a substitute for the teacher-parent meetings. You have small discussions. But when you have these meetings, you don't go talk, 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 talk. It has to be a dialogue. You have to get the input. You have to ask their views because they have views. They want they, they have things that they want to talk about. They want to know when that face-to-face -face school is going to happen. This when that online going to end. They want to know things. Let them know what they would like to see happening in the school. Don't you think that they are concerned about the new school? Miss, everybody's child is going to school in the morning and my child goes to school in the afternoon. When is the Prime Minister going to make the school? They have those concerns, so allow them to speak. And in so doing, you gain their confidence. You build their confidence, let them know that there is somebody on the other end who listens to them. And again, we're doing these things via the technology. Nobody is leaving their home. Nobody has to pay for a call because we're using the Wi-Fi service through WhatsApp. On the personal level, 
You could also use WhatsApp to communicate sensitive information because you know it's not everything is for a group chat. Some things, some matters are private. You have things like the attendance. Mrs. Brown, Miss Brown, I haven't seen him for five days. What is going on with him? Where is he? What is he doing? He needs to be in school. This SBA is long overdue. Also, you could send the academic reports like the termly report cards. Because as you know, many of them, they do not come for the report cards. So you send it to them for WhatsApp. This is your child's report. And in any case, sending it via the WhatsApp is much cheaper than printing hundreds which have to stay there in the office and then discarded. Now you could also send personalized invitations to them when the school is having a function. You write their name on that invitation and these things are easy to do. And again, all these things create a sense of belonging and improves the parents' um, view of themselves. Now when you start these one-on-one initiatives, we give the parent a sense of involvement. And the child on the other hand is seeing that communication level between the parent and the teacher and he realizes that, hey, my education is important. Mommy and teacher are speaking about me and my homework, that is adult talk, that is big business, therefore my schooling has to be important for them to sit and converse about it. So let us not underestimate the impact of parents supporting a child's academic life. As a matter of fact, the parental inclusion in a child's life, academic life, is grounded in theories of psychology. In other words, people write books about that. So you have one of them, the social construction theory teachers. This theory advocates that interaction between the home and the school leads children to value the education, which is what I said a little bit earlier, okay? Adult talking is big business. So my work, my school life is important, that is big business. We also have the cognitive, social cognitive theory, which is based on a person's belief system. And it says that, so therefore, in this case, a parent's belief about himself or herself can determine his or her level of participation in the child's life. What I think about me, am I worth it? And this is why we have to bridge the gap, we have to break those psychological barriers, we have to initiate uh, the mood of an atmosphere of belonging that can help the parents to raise his or her self-esteem. 
There are also studies done, and I said to be doctoral studies in the things. You can consult Lara and Sarah Costic 2017 teachers and call 2017. They speak about the effectiveness of parental involvement in a child's academic life. So, they're saying the evidence is there. So in the absence in the absence of the parental support, we have an issue of inequity among our learners. And what do we do with that? We have to bridge that gap because some of the students have been left behind due to social disadvantages. As educators, as decision makers, as policy makers, in an effort to level the field, we have to do the necessary leveraging to get to include these learners and have them level up.